The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Schmo Zone podcast. This is episode number 74. I'm Dave Schmolenson, a.k.a. The Schmo. My co-host is... Helene with Helene Sports. And today's guest, it wasn't planned this way. It's all random. It's the trifecta. We have three straight weeks of couples. So back to back to back. Today's guest, he is the man with the fastest knockout in combat sports history, the Uli monster, Uli Diaz in the flesh, and his lovely fiance, Ashley, also known as WWE star Dana Brooke, here in the flesh, both the couples, the power couples. How are you guys doing? Great. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, man. Amazing. Thank you so much for the and opportunity. And you guys are a beautiful couple as well. Absolutely. <laughs> and, hey, happy birthday, Helen Yee. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. And congratulations. Thank you. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Well, we really appreciate you guys coming into the Schmo Zone Studios. It's a big weekend here in Vegas for sports in general. There's Absolutely. a lot of things going on. One thing in particular, it's WWE SummerSlam, which I know brings you guys into town, but we also have Pacquiao, Ugas, it could be as Manny Pacquiao's The Legends last fight, and there's a UFC fight night, Calvin Gaslam, Jared Cannonier. Three things going on. Amazing, amazing, amazing weekend of fights. It's great. All in Vegas too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to keep up this weekend with everything going on. I know. I think for (laughs) us, we had to make a, like, official decision to choose the WWE and boxing because we could do both of those whereas if we just did the UFC I felt like we couldn't leave the UFC and and do these two events so we're getting the schmore the merrier the most out of the thing <laughs> for the buck here congratulations to you guys I've seen you guys been working a lot and getting you know uh, doing a, getting a lot of things done which is amazing to you guys man so props for that appreciate that we got to hustle we got to make things happen we are our own bosses so last week it was a bit different being in Hawaii and kind of not doing anything well we did go tubing yeah, surfing. water tubing. We went surfing for the first time. Well, not doing anything drunk. work-wise, though, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so this he is was different. Yeah. <laughs> so this is like a, our first actual like official interview since nice. uh, the vacation, nice. and I'm not the schmo for this podcast. <laughs> nice. right. so. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> I don't know what a vacation like is either. Like we come here and we have like okay tonight, let's go to dinner. Tomorrow we have like an, a free day, and then it's work, 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 work. Right. Me and him haven't. We went to the DR went in November, yeah. and I was like, oh, this is going to be a great vacation. But he had to work. So it's like w- <laughs> yeah. every trip we go on, it's work-related. Yeah. So we definitely want to take a trip as well sometime if we can find time off. But I, I understand the feeling. You're like, what do I do? I have to be doing something. Right. So finding the balance, how to like relax, that's, that's a test. And with your work in particular, because when I was growing up, I was a huge WWE fan, so I like would read the books and everything. And I read quite a few of the athletes or the wrestlers say it's like 300 days of traveling. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, that's pre-pandemic. Right. Um, I've been blessed to be with the company now going on nine years. I've been on the road from the very beginning. Um, and it's been nonstop. And when the pandemic had hit, it was like a huge transition in my life. One, I had just met Yuli like three months prior. Um, so when I had met him, he was used to me being on the road and me being home maybe one or two days a week. And then COVID had hit and it was like, oh my God, what do I do? Not only with us, but with my life. I'm like, I know what a house is. I haven't lived in a house for like years. I have a kitchen, I can cook. There's a closet full of clothes. Like I have not only a suitcase, but I have a whole closet to like choose from. It was a huge transition because usually we're in a rental car. We land at 
from the airport. We grab our rental car. Then we drive and find, like, on Yelp, a random gym. We go get our workout in. We find the healthy food options on the road. Um, and then we drive into the show. We wrestle. We work. We shower up. We pack our car. We drive to the next town, uh, find our hotel, and do it all over again for four days straight. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But I love that you guys have that same vision and are able to, in a way, like do things together. Like you said, like find the healthy food, right. find a gym, which David got me more into since <laughs> you the look pandemic. great. Yeah, oh. you, yeah, you look like, you great. Really, you definitely look like since I saw you from my podcast, you've been working out. You look fit. You know. <laughs> Try. And honestly, if you saw her every day, you would never know because she's always saying, "I need to do this. I need to do better." Well, but the, she's the same way. Articulate <laughs> greatness, but it's like, look, hey, take a step back. Do you know where you were two months ago, three months ago? Right. And grand, yeah, yeah, I'm like, we see her every day. But I, I, I think it's a woman thing. <laughs> it's a woman thing because I tell her the same thing. Like, you look great. Like, babe, you're like, you know, not too slim but you're slim you could eat a little bit like no no i got tv on monday yeah, yeah. tv puts on 10 pounds <laughs> i'm like my shoulders look great in pictures i have nice like defined not like a huge six pack but i have the nice lines and then i get on tv and i'm like wait a second here i did honey, not look like boo -boo. this yeah for sure first thing i get off the um out of the ring and i text him like did i look fat on tv he's like no i go i felt like a water buffalo on tv but it is it's we're Females, I think, are very hard on them, themselves just because they have a certain goal and a certain image that they want to like portray. And um, coming from the health and fitness background too, it's it's hard. Like it's body dysmorphia is huge in that industry as well too. And I had to really overcome that too because it was weight fluctuations all the time. It was like the yo-yo effect. It was only a 24-hour look that was on stage when I was competing in fitness. And then a week after went by and I was still trying to maintain it, but I was on an off-season diet. I was like, what is this five pounds? I was like, this, this can't be done. And my coach was like, Ash, follow the plan. You know, this is what you need to do. But I always wanted to look like I, I did on stage and that's not healthy. So you have to find a great balance. And I think for us, we have, you know, um, I mean, look at you now. You look, look at you <laughs> and let me tell the viewers your abs. Everything looks amazing because it's you. like a two-piece Yes, thank you so much. But, yeah, um, our training schedule, we train all the time, all the time together. Uh, I've kind of got myself into boxing a little bit, just watching him during COVID, too. Um, I was out there doing, like, my circuit workouts, and he was out there training with his coach, Commander Zero. And um, I was like, babe, do you think I can try this? I've never done it before. And he's like, yeah, go ask coach. So I did, and I fell in love with it because it's so mental. Mentally challenging. Mentally it is, it challenging. Is. It's so different than wrestling or fitness or anything that I've ever done, gymnastics, that you have to really put your mind to it. Right. You have to think offense, but at the same time, you have to think defense, yeah. right? <laughs> it is so crazy. So mad props to him and all the fighters out there, UFC, boxing, bare knuckle, everything. It's, it's truly a work of art. It truly is, and we're gonna get all into that. <laughs> but let's let's stick to WWE for a couple more seconds here, because this is a huge weekend. Yes, Absolutely. at Allegiant Stadium, this is the first combat sports event, sp first sporting event outside of the NFL that's going down here at Allegiant Stadium. It wasn't um, UFC first. It wasn't boxing first. It's pro wrestling that's gonna bring Allegiant Stadium. You know to an uproar Saturday evening. Kind of what does it mean for this brand? And would you say, because I know that you said, I think maybe it was off here before the podcast, that you guys are going from here to San Diego for WWE Monday Night Raw. Is traveling back? Traveling is back. Uh, this happened a month ago. We were in the Thunderdome era, which was strictly virtual fans. And we did WrestleMania in Tampa, Florida with uh, fans, but then we went straight back to no fans. So being back on the road truly is electrifying because you feel the fans, you feel their energy. And coming to Vegas too, where this is a brand new arena, like where the NFL plays and this is their first season here, right? Second. Second season here. Um, it's, it's amazing to be here. We did WrestleMania in Dallas a couple years back. Um, but being here in Vegas with the energy uh, is is amazing. It's a whole nother level of excitement. And WWE brings 
people all around the world. Like it's not just from the United States. It's from, you know, Japan, Europe, everywhere. Wrestling is known all around the world. Um, with the travel restrictions, I don't know how the countries are coming in and out, but it is broadcasted all around the world and Vegas will be spotlighted. Um, and the arena holds so many people. Usually Monday Night Raw usually has anywhere from fifteen to 20,000. Now this is like... 80 to 100,000 people. Um, and I believe it is a sold out event, which I'm super excited for. And it's outside. I love I love having WrestleMania. Is it a closed arena? They can open it too. Yeah. Okay. Nice, yeah. Nice. That's the best feeling too. Conver it's convertible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hard top. Yeah. The, the, the Marlin Stadium in Miami is like that also. <laughs> Do you have a particular like match you're looking forward to the most? Because I saw like Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. Oh, yes. And then the John Cena Roman Reigns. Yes, I mean. they they both came back and it's really exciting to see that they come full circle. You know, they take a little bit of time off. What I really admire is um Goldberg. Uh he's doing this for his son. And it's you know well known that he came out of retirement for his son. Years ago, I was, you know, fortunate enough to be with the company and see him come back out of retirement and his son was like eight or nine years old and he was little i showed you that yeah. picture and um recently they came back and did like a little uh on uh camera action with his son and his son is grown he's a grown boy it's crazy <laughs> and they posted pictures from like then till now and it's it's a truly a transition to see how grown he is but see the excitement in this the kid's face from then till now he's still super excited to see his dad up there uh last monday we were in um san antonio texas and he brought his whole football his football crew with him front awesome. row cheering his dad on awesome. and his dad brought him over the barricade and they walked back and it was like take your son to work day you know when you have take your kid to work day and he was like this is a highlight of his life to have his son next to him so i'm really excited for that um, match but i love Bobby Lashley too. He's a great friend of ours too. He's known in the fight game as well too. We actually saw him on our way over here yeah, too. Yeah. Um, and John Cena, I, it's just amazing that he can do it all. And his passion is WWE. It's not that they wanted him to come back. He wanted to come back. Um, and I admire that so much too. Yeah, and to your point, what I admire, I love Goldberg. He was like my favorite going up. He had the record 173, you know, and part of the shtick of the schmo emulates kind of the mean Gene Okerlins and the backstage WWE reporters, and I bring that to the real-life combat sports thing because it kind of ruined it for me when I found out it was fake, and that's why I love the real stuff. <laughs> but I do admire so much about WWE athletes is just the versatility. Your background in fitness – Bill Goldberg, he was a college football star, and a lot of these guys come from different accolades and backgrounds, and then while they're in as wrestlers like The Rock and John Cena and whatnot, you become a movie star and you pick up acting, so you have so much good versatility, which you need, by the way, to be a professional wrestler too. You need to have good mic skills. So I've always appreciated the theatrics because they weren't one-trick ponies, they were Swiss Army knives, and I think that's a huge tribute to the sport itself. Yeah, you have to be very diverse in every aspect. Coming into wrestling, I, I, I'll tell a quick funny story. So my one of my first matches on TV, I was a heel. I was the bad girl. And I've never like had a bad bone in my body where I always wanted to inspire people and have people admire me and look up to me. And I went out there and everybody was like booing me like <laughs> crazy. And I that's all I heard was like the boos. And I, I came back from uh, being out in the ring and it's called Gorilla where everybody's back there and they're like, giving me the high fives and telling me congratulations you did an awesome job i go back i pick up the phone i call my mom and i start crying i was like mom they hate me she goes you're doing your job that's awesome i go i don't know if i like this and then from that point forward i embraced it because that is a feeling that you want you know you strive for you want to play that part and um i always try and inspire children too and when i do anti-bullying rallies or i speak to kids i'm like it's okay it's like playing in a school play and you're casted to be a bad person you're telling a story so that's how i kind of um try to inspire kids about how I am because the, they'll see me backstage and be like, I don't like her, you know, I, she's mean. But now um, I'm a good girl on TV and I absolutely love it and I love to see the smiles on people's faces. 
So you it, you have to be very diverse in everything that you play. Because one time they might want you to be this, then the other time I was a statistician for Titus Worldwide, where I was like doing numbers. So I've played many different roles on TV, and I embrace them all. I've always said, like you know, when you watch a movie and you hate a character in a movie, and you're like, man, I guess a good actor because I hate him right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> so true. it's kind of like that. <laughs> Playing into the role really, really <laughs> yeah. well. <laughs> yes, for sure. But it's been an awesome journey. And having the fans back is something that I truly miss. I always say you never want to take things for granted, right? But before COVID, when we went to show to show to show, it was like, oh, all right, two more days, one more day. Now I'm like super excited for it. Like, because the fans are back and that's all I want to do is go out there and perform and see these crowds go nuts. When it was, we went back first live in uh, Dallas and the first, um, entrance was John Cena and I went out there like I, I wanted to go out there and feel the emotion and I, I sent you a clip of it too it was it was crazy like to see the fans coming back and just living in the moment and yeah the energy is electric yes WWE things for sure I just I the policymakers people didn't realize how much sports mean to people to give them the yeah. escape from their right. everyday bullshit their nine to fives and realities Absolutely. and when you take that away from them it, it takes away a part of somebody absolutely and then the energy when they come back for the first time to right. see the people that they love in person because that's where they take the hard-earned money they'll buy it on booze they'll buy it on other stuff but they'll right. buy it to watch their favorite performers absolutely. right priceless absolutely and during that time too with the uh thunderdome where there were virtual fans i had to find something that motivated me when i was out there like deep down inside it was like crickets because nobody was in the arena and literally you can't hear anything because there's no cheers there's no like I could hear the commentators which I've never before in my nine years have heard I'm like what are you saying about me you know but I had to like but throughout the time I found that the people on the other side of the TV just like you said that's their escape right so these kids that were sitting at in virtual school all day could watch Monday Night Raw from 8 to 11 and that was their escape, that's what I was playing to, was the people on the other side of the TVs that you don't know what they're going through, that's what where I found my energy to go out there and just know that I'm making someone smile on that other side. Well said, yeah. well said. And that was definitely my escape. It was Monday Night Raw, Tuesday was ECW, Thursday the <laughs> TNA Impact Friday Night Smackdown. Exactly. And then it was like, Saturday night or Sunday night? We had night, like main event. Our uh, replay. Yeah, yeah, we had main event and Superstars. Yeah. Superstars doesn't exist anymore, but main event does now on Hulu, which I love doing main event too because it's one of the first two matches of the entire night and the crowd is crazy. <laughs> so it's one of the, the best times. And there's another huge event going on Saturday night. It's going to be over at the T-Mobile Arena. It's Manny Pacquiao, Jordanis Ugas. Is this Manny Pacquiao's last fight? I know, uh, Uli, we were talking about this before we walked at the podcast. I mean, he's such a legend in Pacquiao. Ugas, uh, what do you think? How do you think this plays out? Um, man, I love Manny Pacquiao. I've been a fan of his forever. Um, I love your Denis Ugas too, man. You know, he's uh he's not a huge name, but he's a hell of a fighter. He's fought some top name people. Um I think, you know, he, I think he's lost a couple fights that that in at least in my opinion look like he won to me. So uh I think Manny Pacquiao is going to be a huge test for him, but it's going to be like like we said earlier, it's going to be a hell of a weekend for fights, man. It's going to be amazing. I, and it's it's super interesting too because Errol Spence Jr. like oh. in the welterweight division, you think of him and Bud Crawford. Right, those are the two guys. Absolutely. And now you have a 42 year old Manny Pacquiao who's not you know ducking anybody, right. who's fighting the best of the best, you know, to get the belts that he's looking to get. I mean, he's the IBF champion, the WBC champion. That's Errol Spence, and then Uga stepping in on 11 days notice with the eye injury um, to Errol Spence. I mean, it's right place and right time. It's just you think Manny would be too much for him, and it's his last. It's a good farewell tour, right? I mean, yeah, you know, you know, Manny wants to go out on top. Obviously, any everybody wants to go out on top, uh, but uh, Ugas is going to be a challenge for him. You know, he's uh, Ugas has put in the work. Um, like I said, he's fought some some big names. He's got, he comes from a pedigree. You know, he's a Cuban boxer, has a big Cuban background, an amateur. So you know, and uh, you know, he's I'm Cuban also. There's a lot of stuff, political stuff going on in Cuba. I know he's you know he's wearing that. You know he comes from the he, he comes from the island, so and he's probably wearing that. He wants to show off for his people, so 
It's, it's a hard one to call, man, you know? It's a hard one to call. It is. He's had a lot of success, though, since moving to Vegas. Absolutely. New coaching team and everything yeah. like that. Like yeah. a chip on his shoulder ever since, like, top rank. For you sure. know, left him out to dry, and he signed with PBC. He's yeah. been on a good streak. That's right. But speaking of boxing news, also today it was reported that – Caleb Plant and Canelo. Oh, I saw that. That one's about to be finalized for November. What do you think of that matchup? I, I saw that. Um, that's going to be a great matchup, too, but I'm a Canelo fan, man. Canelo is just, like, something else when it comes to boxing. You know, yeah. Everybody that's, like, a Caleb Plant, um, or what was the, uh, Billy Joe Saunders that he just fought, he fights he doesn't back down from anybody. He fights great competition, and he makes these guys look like amateurs, man. You know, like, and not to take nothing from them because they're great fighters. But Canelo's just on another level, man. I love the situation where you can unify belts because there's so many different belts in boxing. Right, it's right. different for BKFC, which I want to get to next. By so. the way, it's different for the UFC. Like it's mandated, the best fighters fight the best fighters. Right. But politics with different organizations, so many so many different mouths to feed in boxing so you miss the best fighters fighting the best fights but anytime you get a situation now where Canelo or Caleb has the opportunity to unify in that super middleweight division that's what gets my interest that's that's what has to get the interest of all combat sports fans absolutely i agree with you 100% you want to see you want to see the best go against the best you know and that's that's what this situation is so but i again canelo's canelo's going to be hard to deal with man he's on he's on a roll <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> I want to get to BKFC uh, because there's another big signing. It seems like there's a huge signing all the time. You know, we just saw a great performance a little bit ago now. It's been weeks ago. Rachel Osovich when she beat Paige Van Zandt. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, yeah you, we were there. We you were, were there. there. You yeah. were right there. I know your last fight didn't go your way, but your sportsmanship and everything you do, always class act. Thank you. Um, Chad Mendes. You know, I, yeah, huge it's UFC time. veteran, yeah, yeah. and it's going to be in Chandler, Arizona. I think it's the first time that BKFC is now coming to the state of Arizona. Yes. Big event. I think it's in October. Yeah. That's big news. Huge news. Um, Chad Mendes is, in, you know, an uh, elite athlete, and uh, I've been watching his videos on that he's been putting on Instagram. He looks great boxing. looks amazing. I heard him the other day on Joe Rogan. Um, and uh, it's a huge move for BKFC. You know, BKFC is the fastest growing sport, business wise and and sport wise. People are really catching on to it. The fights are getting better every UFC they throw. They're only on number twenty tomorrow. It's BKFC number twenty in, in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi. And um, they're also they're tomorrow. Not, tomorrow, got, yeah, oh, tomorrow, yeah, that's yeah. a Friday night fight. Yeah, yep. tomorrow's in Biloxi. <laughs> Another one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. Um, it's the company's amazing they're doing real well for their fighters you know and and like i said every event they throw the fights are just getting better and better it's so fascinating to me too because like in the early stages of the ufc and mma you know the athletic commissions they were so hard to sanction it you know right. barbaric and everything like that right. but it seems like the point of entry it's been in a way easier for BKAFC to grow and expand. And to your point, I know how fast they're growing. They're able to get such stark quality coming over and transitioning to this sport. And it's pretty amazing to me how quickly things have taken off. I remember when they were advertising their first event. I think it was during maybe the Manny Pacquiao-Adrian Broner fight. It was a few years ago. Maybe yeah. it, was, uh, it was around that time, 2018, 2019. And to see where they were then just to where they are now and imagine the same two, three-year time span where right. they will be from now, it's pretty immaculate, that growth. Absolutely. Uh, you know, shout-out to David Feldman. He's, he's, he's really, you know, he's really putting uh, his money where his mouth is when it comes to BKFC. He's doing big signings, you know, from, from Paige Van Zandt to Chad Mendes to, you know, Tiago that I just fought. He has big UFC guys, vets coming in. And um, so he's he's drawing, and the last uh, where Paige fought on, they, they had a YouTube uh, guys and, and- A TikToker. Uh, yeah, oh, TikTokers, yeah. and uh, they had a Blueface, a which is a rapper. So they're bringing eyes from everywhere. You know, they're being real smart with their business moves. So it's, and, it's growing. And I saw somewhere that a pension fund is being set up too oh, for yeah. fighters. I heard David Feldman say that also. That, that's that's great. That's the first in, in when it comes to combat sports. Have have you heard anything? Is it just, have you had to like fill out any paperwork for that yet? Or I haven't yet. I think they're in the process of that. I, I haven't, you know, I heard about it. I heard him, uh, he went out on uh, on the BKFC podcast and he talked about that. You know, hopefully in the near future that starts happening. But I haven't seen anything go into action as of yet. So you guys said you were at the Paige Van Zant Rachel yeah. Osovich fight. Yeah. What did you make of it? I absolutely I two beautiful women, right? So you if you just put them on the the street and nobody knows, 
right? They're two beautiful women. And then going in there and watching them just battle it out like for war, it was amazing. It was really amazing. I've never really seen Rachel fight before and I was blown away. Like she doesn't put all of her training videos out there. You don't see what she's doing. She keeps everything really private. So I didn't know what she was gonna bring to the table. Personally, I love Paige. Uh, she signed with the same uh, management company, uh, First Round Management. So uh, mad props to her. I've seen her work her tail off. But Rachel just had that edge. She wanted it. She had the dog in her. She went out and really put it out there and, and made a name for herself. Absolutely. And, and you know, Paige has had two bare-knuckle fights. She's gone 10 rounds and two fights. Bare-knuckle, that girl's a warrior. You know, all those 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 women are, are warriors. Her and, and Rachel amazing fight five rounds they were banging each other up man and they they stood their ground you know and props to rachel she won the fight um but pages you know she's it's it, it's amazing for the sport and especially for women what they're, what they're doing i feel like they're gonna need a grudge match because now they're one one yeah sure. yeah yeah for no, sure mma bare knuckle what is it gonna be is it gonna be boxing is it gonna be wwe match I said <laughs> I want, I, today i said i want Paige to come to wwe yeah oh, yeah i would love to be in the ring with her too just her husband has a big fight coming up also shout out yeah. to, to i Austin. saw yeah. gaygard musasi yeah. in the middleweight division in bellator yeah you know, we were at a Bellator fight the other week when AJ McKee undefeated. Oh, in yeah. oh we watched that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, shout out to AJ, man. He's he's amazing fighter, but amazing what he did to Pitbull. Uh, we, I saw AJ actually a couple weeks earlier at a bare knuckle fight, not BKFC, uh, at a BYB. He was backstage with one of his fighters and his dad, Antonio McKee. But those guys are killing it, man. Those guys are killing it. Yeah, I was when I saw them in Miami, uh, during the Logan Paul. And Mayweather, Mayweather oh, okay, fight okay. too. I think AJ came down for that. That's where I remember seeing him. Uh, that's, that's they'll be at the Jake Paul fight. The oh, Jake for Paul sure. fight, yeah. for sure. fight too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I want to pick your brain on that too because I think on your podcast, the Don't Blink podcast, when you were gracious enough to have Helen and I on, or the Schmo and Helen on the podcast, <laughs> I think I floated between <laughs> this and and that. We talked about it because yeah. you have experience with Jake Paul yes. and his boxing career. Yes, I do. But uh, I'm. You even said it too. I know you're represented by first round management. They represent Woodley right. too. So let's put all the management aside. Let Let's put combat sports online. Tyron Woodley's one of the greatest welterweights in MMA history. Like if you think about who's held the title in UFC history, like there's only a couple of guys. I would maybe put ahead of Tyrone Woodley, obviously GSP. Yeah. You can argue, obviously Usman. Okay. Welterweight, I'm, welterweight, I mean, yeah. but uh, you know, no. he, Woodley's up there. He's right. top three. No, you absolutely, have to put him in there. Absolutely, absolutely. I think he's, you know, he, but he's, he's a legend, and it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough fight, man. It's gonna be a tough fight, but there is a rematch clause in here because if Woodley wins, Jake can exercise it. I don't think it's a two-way street. Whereas if uh, you know Jake wins, Woodley could get the rematch right away. But you know, there's a tattoo on the line here. Right. I love so and so for the winner. Yeah. You think they're gonna really like honor that? I, Jake, yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's Sunday night, right? So this yes. is on a Sunday night, August 29th. This is in the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, the hometown Cleveland, yeah. Ohio, Midwest <laughs> represent. I mean, Tyrone's been there before. I mean, I think Jake's favored. Tell me who wins this fight and why. Uh, it's hard to call the fight. I can't. I, I can't see the winner. But I mean, just for obvious reasons, I would see Woodley winning this fight. You know, he's like you said, he's been there. Um, you know, Jake's been training his ass off. Shout out to Jake and BJ Flores as his trainer. They, they they're amazing. You know, they have a great thing going on. But Woodley just has. Uh, I, Again, the experience. Last time we talked was with Askren, and we said Askren had the experience, but Askren didn't. Askren didn't come in to fight. You know what I mean? It didn't look like it. Woodley looks like he's actually. You know, he's not. He's not coming to get a check. He's coming to prove a point. And there's there's been a lot of shit talked. So uh, there's some some points to prove there, man. It's it's a tough one. It is because it's like which Woodley shows up. Is it the Woodley before the Kamara Usman title fight where Woodley? you can argue has not won around in MMA since you know he got in the octagon right. against Usman's it's been a couple of years but the dog the hungry Tyron Woodley the one that defended that bout so many different times to beat the killers to beat the Robbie Lawlers right. and such like if that dog comes out and that's T Wood like Jake is in for it he's going to be tested 
Uh, but like if Jay comes in there and does the sweet science and dances and, and Tyron's not patient and, and is, is, you know, going into habits, he would as a wrestler in his background, like it could be a long night for him. It just it really, to me, it comes down to which Tyron Woodley shows up in that ring Sunday night. I agree 100%. You know, and, and Tyron said himself, you know, after, you know, uh, once he won the belt, he wasn't taking training as serious and everything. I think for this fight, he, he's the other Tyrone Woodley where he's taking things serious and he's going to come in and he's going to try to make a statement. Well, I just like how he doesn't shy away from saying, okay, yeah, I have the MMA community on my back. Because Ben Askren didn't say that. Right. He wouldn't say that. Tyron is saying that. Right, right, right. I agree. Yeah. But usually, you know, Jake, this is, I think, Jake's hardest fight, right? Has so knowing be. that, I think Jake's going to come in with that hunger and that am ambition to show people that he is what he says he is, right? And with that being said, may the best man win because yeah. it, they have to come in with their head on 100%. How I think about how I think about like the Jake and uh, Willie, like Willie, yeah, he's been there in these, uh, you know, deep waters, serious fights. Jake has never been in that, but he's 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 used to the limelight. He's he's used to people booing or cheering, like you know. So I don't think that'll phase them in that sense, you know. So um, it's a tough one to call, man. You know, it's a tough one to call. If I had to make a choice, I would go with Woodley, and it has nothing to do with management or nothing like that. I just think he has more experience when it comes to the fight game with guys like Robbie Lawler and and you know a lot of stand up. So you know, the, may the best man win. Hopefully and it's, it's in Jake's hometown, though. That's Just true saying. too. That's true too. But from your perspective too, like let's let's talk about all these sports here. Let's talk about bare knuckle. Obviously, you could take up you tape up your wrists and stuff. Right. Knuckles are bare. Right. MMA gloves. You're talking about four ounce gloves. Right. And then boxing. Like what? Are they going to bo box with ten ounce gloves for this? Eight ounce gloves? I think they're ten ounce gloves. Ten yeah. ounce gloves, right? So talk. Talk us through, talk our audience through just the difference in the trajectory of punches, landing things, throwing things, and how that differentiates between your sport and then boxing and maybe how that plays in the favor of a Jake or a Tyron who's used to different size gloves. It definitely makes a difference, especially, you know, with the gloves, it helps out a lot more. With bare knuckle, after after a couple of punches, you're going to feel your hands getting swollen. You know what I mean? So so it's it's a big difference in that. It's a big difference in in. And you're, you know, how far you got to reach for the punch and everything. So, you know, with 10 ounce gloves, I think, um, I think Woodley will have the advantage there just because he's fought with, with lighter gloves. He's been hit harder, you know, with, with basically MMA gloves. There's like no gloves, basically, you know. So I think he has the advantage there. But when it comes to the boxing, I've been in the ring with, with Jake. Um, he has good footwork. He's been moving around. He's been working his ass off. So you can't, you know, you can't take none from him. Um, he's he's obviously more used to boxing with the gloves on, you know. But again, I don't know, man. It, 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 when it comes to this, I I, I get tongue twisted and start stuttering because it's a hard one to call. But where's his <laughs> skill level though in the boxing ring? Because you've been in there with other professional uh, yeah. boxers too. Like where where does his skill level stack up? At least at this point, from when I, you last saw him. Um, I think it, it stacks off. Okay, I think I think it stacks up very well. He moves great. He's a young guy. He's very athletic. He has uh, great stamina in the ring. You know, he snaps his punches. He he moves around a lot. He's very, you know, he, he's not in the pocket. He's not trying to take any punches. So that's where it's that's where it gets dicey. That's where I see Woodley's gonna have to be chasing him around. And and I'm a, I'm a I'm a pocket fighter. I'm a I'm a Mexican style fighter. I'm in your face. So when I sparred with Jake, you know, I was in his face. He'd pop a couple punches and be out of there. So if he if he does that type of fighting, it's going to be a tough one for Woodley. That's what I see. Well, regardless of the result or who wins, how do you see Jake's boxing career progressing? And because I think even the other day he released like this hit list and two of the right. names Put were like on Usman there. and that's Canelo. Yeah, that's impossible. I, I Canelo, to me, Canelo will destroy him for sure. Um, yeah, I saw his hit list. Uh, he wants to fight Tyson Fury's brother also. I saw that, yeah, too. Yeah, Tommy. Tommy Fury. Who's on the undercard. Yeah, right. He's on the undercard. Um, one thing that Jake is doing, you know, side note, is that he's making sure that the fighters get paid well, which yes. is a great thing. You know, it's a great thing for fighters. And, again, I, um, I think he's bringing a lot of eyes that weren't on the fighting game to the fighting game, which is a good thing for everybody that's involved. 
Yeah, regardless if people don't like his intentions or question his intentions, he's still bringing to the attention of those that matter fight or pay, right. which is always a controversial topic, especially when you talk about it amongst UFC fighters, Absolutely. the UFC brass. So he does a really good job of stirring the pot and creating the conversation. And I saw he did that that charity in Puerto Rico, the bullies. Um, uh, so, so he had a charity again. Yeah, I heard about batting. that. He, he was talking about how he was a bully when he was a kid or something like that. Right, which is interesting. So there he is admitting that he used to bully kids and then flipping the script and saying, look, I don't want you guys to be like me and I'm going to create a foundation against bullying, bullies. And I guess it started in Puerto Rico where he's kind of made his home over there and started training, which I think is very unique too. Yeah. Um, good for him. Absolutely, I agree. But then he gets to the press conference, and starts trying to bully everybody <laughs> in the press conferences. <laughs> we walked out of the last one. I go, yeah. I can't stand that guy. Yeah. We, <laughs> actually, we actually talked about that last time. We said that uh, Askren got the best of the press. We were press there. Press. We <laughs> were in the, you guys were in the audience for the yeah. pre- Ben Askren press conference, yeah. which is great too. Yeah, it's it's kind of a funny story too because Ben Ben was in here. We interviewed him too, and <laughs> I don't know who's he hearing this or not. He's a ski machine. He's a ski machine. But like I said, he's like Ben. Ben asked, "What what should I say? Anything to get?" I'm like, talk about his older brother. Call him Logan's younger brother. I'm a younger brother. I know <laughs> yeah, how that would be. Yeah, you hate that, right? Yeah, and I know he does. I know he does. But, you know, the more successful they get, to their credit, too, it doesn't matter. their own lanes are huge yeah. as Absolutely. is. These guys Absolutely. are doing it. Absolutely. Doing it well. Right. But uh, so that's going on. And obviously the big UFC fight. And I know, obviously, your last opponent in BKFC comes from the UFC side of things and MMA fighters, I guess. Do you see an advantage for people coming into BKFC from the boxing world or from the MMA world, and why? Um, I would say both of them have an advantage. If if you're if you're um, like I said, my style is Mexican style fighter. You don't want to you don't want to use that too much in BKFC. You don't want to be standing there taking hits. You know, you want to be kind of an in and out guy. If you're that type of that type of fighter, which I call it Cuban style fighting, where you're you know you're in and out. Um, it's to your advantage. Um, when it comes to like Tiago versus you know me versus Tiago, I feel like he had the advantage because he's just been in deep waters a lot more than I have. He fought the elite of the elite. You know, I'm a guy who five years ago I came off the street, man. You know, I came off the street. I changed my life around. I turned. I I wanted. You know, I saved fighting saved my life because I got into fighting and I got to where I am now in less than five years, and I got to. You know, I got the, the the honor of fighting him in the ring for a world championship. It was an amazing. I lost a fight, but I feel like I won in life. You know, it was amazing. Thank you for your great comments too, man. I appreciate you. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's it depends who's in there. You know, if, if you're a boxer but you haven't been in deep waters, it's gonna be tough for you because you get hit with a bare knuckle. And you see a lot of these fights. You know, there's tough guys. Everybody, if you step in there, you're tough, but. You get grazed by one of those knuckles. It's not the same as a glove or even an MMA glove. You're like, it makes you think two or three times about it, you know? So it depends who you're in there with. I always ask that question, too. I'm like, do you think any of these fighters go in there thinking, all right, I can do this, I can do this, and they get hit one time, and they're like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this anymore. And we see that sometimes, too, in the fights where it looks like they just quit. Yeah, you know, they don't even – they get maybe grazed just a little bit, and then they drop down, and then they don't get back up. Yeah, you get it's like a reality check. You get hit, you're like, whoa, you know? It's, it's, not, it's not the same for well, sure. How does one kind of prepare for bare knuckle then if they are coming in from, like David said, whether it's MMA or boxing? Well, the preparation is, you know, everybody has their own different thing when it comes to working out. You know, obviously it's boxing with a little bit of dirty boxing. So MMA's uh, it takes a little advantage there where if somebody, gra- they know how to grab you by the back of your neck and hold you down and try to, uh, you know, dirty box you. But um, I think the big difference is, I, I've, I again, and it's, it's not to like... There's not to brag or anything, but I, I've fought on the street a million times. I've been hit with bare knuckle, uh, you know, a bunch of times. And, and it just, to me, it just depends on a person. What you have inside. I never, I, I you know, I, I went out on my shield. I never want, I never thought about quitting not once, you know. Um, and uh, I think it just takes, it takes a little different determination once you get hit with bare knuckle and you, you got the blood and and you feel, the, you feel your face swelling up at the time. It, it's a whole different atmosphere, man. But it's, it's, uh, it's. Everybody has a different animal inside of them, when, especially when you know when you get hit, do you turn on or do, do, do you turn off? Especially, too, in that sport where cuts, I just they open up all the time. Right, right, and, absolutely. And you see blood. 
But blood will paint that canvas after right. the first match <laughs> right. too. So it's how you deal with that adversity. Right. You know, some people won't be able to see out of one of their eyes for. Well, that happened to me. That happened yeah, to me. Yeah, you saw, yeah, saw when I, I came out, I, I came out in the third round. I missed a combination. Tiago took advantage, and I had one eye was like oil. I couldn't even see out of it, you know. And and that's no excuse, you know. It was a great fight, but uh, it de it definitely that that is a huge factor. It's it, it gets tough, man. No, it's funny because I haven't talked about this much, but my first experience with Bare Knuckle, Ken Shamrock called me and hired the schmo to be part of Valor Bare Knuckle One. Oh, that's there awesome! Hasn't been a second one, but that was in in North Dakota, an Indian reservation. They right. built a pit. And it was amazing being a part of that. That was my first broadcast in combat sports. And I remember one of the fighters, what he would do to condition his knuckles, whether it was in his basement or just the side of a, a boxing ring, he would punch the steel pole repetitively yeah. over and over and over again. That's you what do I that do. too yeah, as well? Yeah. I have a thick uh, piece of wood in my backyard and we have it taped up against the wall and I just hit it every day it's like after practice that's uh you got i do it and i had a makiwara which is a japanese board with like leather on it and we just i hit that about it's like a minimum of 300 times we count 300 punches before it's over that's insane yeah i started off where you start bleeding out of your knuckles and you callous up and you don't even bleed anymore it just gets tougher and tougher <laughs> oh my gosh. that's yeah. like what it reminds Ouch. me of what tony ferguson el kakui does right, for his right, shins. right 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 maybe you it. were thinking about doing that <laughs> <laughs> he, he wants to what i want to strengthen i want to strengthen my shin so i was yeah. like doing a bunch of research and different they say things put like roller band roll bamboo on it and stuff that. <laughs> that's what stephen thompson was doing yeah. uh, a wonder boy yeah oh he's awesome man he's awesome I saw him doing that. That yeah. gave me inspiration. No, I'm just diff different things. So it, it all worked out that way. Uh, but, uh, man, so if you weren't doing bare knuckles, so off the street, you know, Mosfidal, Jorge Mosfidal, right. he started his own bare knuckle uh, right. MMA right, right. organization. You know, if that was available at the time, do you think you would do that more or is kind of the boxing more of your type of scene? Um. Well, now, right now in my age, and, uh, and and where I'm at in life, boxing is more of my thing because I've had knee, I got metal in one knee from surgeries. I've had back surgery. Um, I actually tore a bicep in a fight. I have another torn bicep from a motorcycle accident. So I'm fighting on I'm pure, you know, excuse my French, but balls, man, you know. And uh, and uh, so that so boxing and bare knuckle boxing is is a better way, you know, outlet for me just because of all the in past injuries I've had. But it's amazing what, what Gamebred is doing with Gamebred FC. That's that's a whole different level of bare-knuckle boxing. Now I could knee you, kick you, punch you, you know, and when they're on the ground, and, you know, they're, they're, they're grappling, and you could punch guys bare-knuckle. It's a whole different animal. It is. It's yeah. bringing the street fight to, like, sanctioned <laughs> exactly. fighting. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Jorge, he used to be on Kimbo Slice. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. He used to fight in, in uh, backyards in Miami. You know, he came, that, which is amazing, man. Miami has a, a, a huge history when it comes to that. Um, and in the, the early 2000s, started getting filmed and put on YouTube. And it, and, and look at these guys now, you know, UFC vets fighting for, for, for titles. And it, it's, it's, it's a great, you know, uh, trajectory from where they've come from. Absolutely. And for you though, is there like a time frame you'd like to return or an opponent? Um. Well, from what I'm hearing, I I heard November. I haven't heard about an opponent. No contracts or nothing yet. I I know they love for me to fight in South Florida. I bring everybody out in South Florida. You know, thank you to everybody out there in South Florida. They come and support me. So um, he likes to save me for these South Florida fights. I'm hoping that Bernardo gets uh, uh, legalized here in in uh, Vegas. I would love to fight in Vegas. You know, but that's hard with UFC. Uh, but no, I haven't heard n nothing as of yet. You know, I just know, I I, I feel like with with my three second knockout and this epic battle I just had with a with a with a great fighter, I need to get paid right too. <laughs> yeah, and weren't you also uh, this during the Super Bowl? Weren't you the MVP on the flag football? I was. Yeah, I we was. Saw it on TV. <laughs> we watched it from yeah. a hotel room <laughs> I, on TV. I was a celebrity celebrity sweat. Uh, 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 MVP, which was amazing, man. I got to play with a bunch of uh, WWE stars. 
Uh, Pettis was on my team. Was Devin Hester on the field? Devin too? Hester was on the team. I love Future Devin Hester. Hall of Famer. Yes, I'm a Denver Bears fan. And he and he was a Miami Hurricane. That's right. I, he's, I love Amazing. the guy. Amazing. Yes. He only played like it was the actual Super Bowl, yeah. though. No, no, not. <laughs> he couldn't move for a week <laughs> after. Oh, and we're playing in sand. So yes. All types of things were hurting. Oh, Everyone yeah. was like, "All right, I think I'm done a little bit." Yeah. Yuli's in the end zone, like, "I'm yeah. open." Throw it was me the awesome, ball. man. I, when the game was over, we're all standing and taking a picture. They come with the trophy. They're like, hey, so who deserves the trophy? And everybody's like, this guy does, man. It was amazing. It was not amazing. Deontay Hall, not not <laughs> yeah. Deion Sanders. Yeah. Devin Hester, best return man in NFL history. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love Devin Hester, man. man that's Big right. Miami guy. Miami. Yeah, so you have that athletic uh, built, man. Well, I, I Even al- at your age. Yeah, yeah. I always I, I w- I've always been an athlete. I'm I always loved football. I I grew up, you know what I mean, with a single mom. She was working her ass off to try to take care of me. So I like you know I never had anybody watching over me. I never got to play organized football. I played baseball and then and then I played basketball as a kid and I got to to my high school team and everything. I wish I would have played organized football. That was always my favorite uh, game. Never got a chance to, so I got to show it off at the Celebrity Sweat game. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you guys. Awesome. <laughs> I was a little cheerleader on the <laughs> sideline. <laughs> it was Wait, awesome. So have you tried some pro wrestling moves? Yeah. Uh, I have with her. Uh, and I was actually on WWE. Uh, it's called uh, Raw Underground, which it was like they had this thing where it was like a, a wrestling, but it was like kind of like a street fight. It had no ring. You got were it was like a backstage fight. Um, I actually went against Dolph Ziggler, the uh, legend in WWE. Awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, he 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 beat my ass. <laughs> but um, I went with her one time to a practice for wrestling. It was in a wrestling ring. So she first she tells me shows me how to run the ropes. I go, I run the ropes. First time I do it wrong. I hit the ropes. These ropes are tighter than any ropes I've ever touched in my life. Immediately get hurt. I'm like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> then they act. Then they teach me how to take uh, 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 how to do bumps where you land on your back. Did about five of those. Had a migraine, <laughs> so I was He's like, like, all right, I'm done. I was like, I'd rather get punched in the face. I'll sit back and watch you. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrestling is is a tough tough thing and like when everybody like when we talk about her you know we talk about wwe and everybody's like oh that's that's like you know that that's that's fake i'm like it's not fake they're really wrestling and they're really going through all these things they're they're just playing a role with with uh, with dialogue you know but but they're hurting each other it's tough she's had some bad injuries herself 100 percent. And, <laughs> and and if you have a partner that just messes up by centimeters right. too, you yeah. have to roll with it too like exactly. there's so many nights you probably get punched in the face that's the same with like head. concussions too our no, our medical team is by far amazing they take everything super super uh, like serious right so if you have a headache they check you out if you just bump your head the wrong way they're right there to make sure you're okay because I'm putting my my body in someone else's hands and I want them to protect me as I will protect them too. But we we really are going at it. Like our adrenaline's going so much. So the hits are real. The holds are legit holds. And like your adrenaline's going so much, you just don't feel it. I guess like it's like when you're in a fight because I'm like, oh my God, didn't that hurt? And he's like, I didn't really feel it. But an hour or two goes by, your (laughs) adrenaline wears off. You're like, oh my God, this hurts. (laughs) But um, no, it's it's crazy too because when I take took him training and and stuff like that, it he helps me a lot in regards to just I see something and I want to try it. Like the other day, we were at home, and um, his boys were with us, and I was like, "Why don't we just try this little move?" And we all like sat in the living room and. Yeah. I was like, throw a line, let me catch it, and let me DDT you. By my boy, she means my kids. I got an eight and a nine-year-old, so they were playing wrestling moves on her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's really cool just to have him understand the whole wrestling concept and know the hard work that is put into it. And um, he's come up with a couple cool like little moves and transitions for me, too. So it, it, we we work great together as a team. I still can never get over the fact uh, Mick Foley used to take that dirty sock and yes. stick it up people's mouths <laughs> and everything <laughs> like that. No, it's the crazy. sanitation in COVID era. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, it's wild. Um, I don't know. She's, she's told me it's happened to her, actually, too, where you, you're li- they're live on pay-per-view with millions of people watching, and you get hurt. Like, I'm talking about seriously hurt. Like, you got to go to the hospital after here, and you got to keep playing it off, yeah. right? Yeah. So it takes a different animal. You know, that takes a different kind of breed to keep doing that. Because as soon as I feel something, like, happen to her, I'd be like, all right, <laughs> cut. <laughs> but you do it for the love of the sport and Absolutely. love love of the art. and Exactly. Absolutely. I've had a, a lot of 
injuries, I should say, but it just makes you stronger and want to come back even faster. Um, one time, like we have the same scars. I was hit into the ring post and I was leaking. I mean, like leaking, 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 but I was okay. And the ref's like, are you sure you're okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had to call it off because they didn't know if I was really <laughs> with it or not. And I get back and I was super pissed. I'm like, why did you do that? I was fine. I was fine. But I was glad in the end because they were like, your health is first and foremost. And yeah, I was, you know, a bit concussed, but I'm super glad that, you know, they're, they're looking out for the best in me. Um, and I've had a lot of other injuries too, but the medical team is by far the best team that I've ever had. And they take things very seriously, but training is, I always say this training, you have to know what you're doing. You have to stay on the, on the ball of things on top of it, because like, you know, as we said, Goldberg's coming out of retirement, but he has been training nonstop for this moment, for this opportunity. People think, oh, he just jumped out of bed and said, I want to come back. And here he is. No, he's been training like the same thing with Undertaker. He's been backstage many times. He looks like a million bucks. You know, he, they constantly they live this lifestyle. And I, I I've lived this lifestyle, too. And I tell Yuli all the time, too. I'm like, I need I want to go find a ring. I want to go to the South Florida ring. I've had the honor of um, and pleasure of an opportunity with Natty Nineheart. Like Natty, they have a ring in uh, Tampa, so I would drive down to Tampa and I would spend some time training over there too. That's that's just a great feeling that all the girls work together and we all have a great relationship and we all like to train together and just stay in tip top shape. Now, what does a day of training look like? Like how many hours and how does that work? Um, in ring training, we like to start off with a lot of like stretching and rolls. We do a lot of rolls like judo, judo rolls and stuff like that because your equilibrium is like, I, I used to roll all the time in gymnastics. I used to flip and all that. We ride roller coasters or we go on <laughs> like a I virtual. Got, I get vertical. <laughs> uh, like a virtual reality ride. And I'm like, oh, my God, I, I don't feel too good, you know. But the rolls really kind of get us going, get us loose and make sure we, you know, have our bearings. We run the rope. We do a ton of conditioning, the drop downs where you hop over someone, body slam someone, you know, drop down. We do a ton of conditioning. I always say this, that you're there's no such thing as in ring shape like you can run on a treadmill you can do the stairmaster you can run on miles down the road but once you're in that ring and actually performing you get gassed like no other like it's a whole nother level of endurance so we practice conditioning um and then we just get into chain wrestling we roll around actually grapple and do the holds and really you know just move around with each other and and feel comfortable and then we actually go into matches and um beat each other up <laughs> and shake hands at the end the one trick that always has me intrigued or always had me intrigued too is the razor blade i know the guys would have the razor blades in their sock or something uh, they pull it out and then if you want to add to the theatrics and bleed you you scratch over that the... was before my time <laughs> yeah. yeah oh they don't do it anymore i could have sworn it was a couple years ago something fell out of john cena's pocket uh-uh. <laughs> so this is how long has that been out of the rule book for? a long time a long time yeah a long time. That was before my time. That was WWF time. Right? <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> that's my childhood. So yeah. this, 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 the, the age of your kids. That's when I was all in. We would go uh, my friends' basements and we'd put mats down, or actually not mats. We didn't have mats, but we take the cushions off <laughs> right. of the sofas and we just emulate what we saw on TV right. and beat the crap out of each other. Absolutely. That's like his kids. Yeah. Before we started dating, he's like, they, I guess they were like, Dad, you don't know who that is. Yeah, well, when we first started dating, you know, and she, she would come over, she met the kids, they would tell me, Dad, I played with her in a video game. <laughs> <So> it, was, <laughs> awesome. it was awesome. Yeah, so how did that happen? Like, how did you We actually met you? through Yoel Romero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. One of my favorites yeah. to interview. Yoel the matchmaker. <laughs> Yoel yeah. the matchmaker. This is, this is great. Yeah. That's awesome. Proceed, proceed. So yeah. I was friends with Yoel for many years and I lived in Boca for a long time and um, I just wanted to get out of Boca so I left Boca and then I lived in New York and I came back to Boca and his trainer for his MMA fight was Yoel yeah. at the time so Yoel saw that I was in South Florida and was like hey I my fighter is has a fight tomorrow we're at his weigh-ins in Fort Lauderdale after weigh-ins if you want to grab some food um, 
we can grab some food and catch up. I hadn't seen Yoel in three plus years. So I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. Long story short, we go to the restaurant. I guess he was dehydrated, needed a, a little IV or something like that. So I'm sitting there and I'm like waiting, like, okay, where's Yoel? I call Yoel and he's like, oh, um, I'm down in South Miami at Dynamic Wellness, which is uh, like an IV place to get hydrated with fluids. And Yoel doesn't speak good English, right? right. <laughs> so I don't really understand what, what he's trying to tell me. And I don't speak Spanish. And this is the first time in years that like I had little butterflies because he put Yuli on the phone. And I see Yuli on FaceTime and I'm like, oh my God, he's scary looking. <laughs> like, who is this guy? But at the same time, like, oh, he's sexy and like has this like something special. I felt it immediately. And then he's like, yeah, we're here. Da, 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 da. I'm like, all right, I'm on my way, right? I get there. Guess what? He's not there. <laughs> he went oh, home it's to a, rest. It's the day before the fight. I'm getting focused. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He had no interest whatsoever. I was leaving out of town on Friday, which is his fight was on Friday. I was going, you know, on the road with WWE. My girlfriend wanted to go to his fight. So I messaged him on Instagram and I was like, hey, best of luck at your fight um is there any way i can get a ticket for my friend natalie she wants to go he's like contact this person i'm like uh, doll like no <laughs> response you're dead as a doornail so i left it go left it after his fights saturday i checked on him like on his page saw he had won i didn't say anything sunday i was like hey congrats on your fight it's like praying emoji <laughs> okay cool yeah cool and then i was like oh um I said something else and it was like praise emoji. It was emoji after emoji after emoji. I was That's like, how I would answer. Yeah, I'm like, all right. And then finally I was like, all right, fine. I gave it like a day or two and then we started communicating. And I don't check my DMs all that often or I don't have my notifications on on the phone. So I was like, all right, um, here's my number. If you want to text me, like we'll go back and forth. But the thing is, is I was on the road for two weeks straight. Like who texts and don't doesn't meet each other in like two weeks i was like oh this is gonna fade off right and fizzle out but we stayed in contact for two weeks and it was around um christmas it was like two days after christmas yeah. and then we had met and i never left his side since <laughs> that's so cute thanks joel yeah. Yeah, for real. you're giving me more uh interview content when i see him again <laughs> yeah yeah, South yeah. Florida. i love that's joel man awesome that's, uh, he's a brother to me i love that guy and, and the funny thing too is um like i think it was after new year's joel had messaged me and was like hey do you mind if i give yuli uh your phone number or something like that i was like little does he know we've already <laughs> been talking <laughs> he's always following up uh -huh. <laughs> that's a great story yeah. i think to, to end yeah. this podcast yeah. on right thank there you, thank you. <laughs> Uh, is there any final thoughts you guys want to get out there? We really appreciate you guys coming off of an airplane, pretty much coming here to Vegas from the East Coast and South Florida. We guys live and coming over here. I wouldn't miss this, brother. Right, I'm gonna let you finish off first. No, I life. really appreciate you guys <laughs> yeah. having us and yeah. and letting us um, tell our story. It's been amazing, and I love seeing you guys. You guys are a light in my eyes and inspire me to do and keep going and get my message out there. So I appreciate everything you guys do. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity, man. Thank you so much. And um, I, we have a, I want to say we have a short film we just made. It's 12 minutes long. It premieres September 4th at the Urban Film Festival in Miami. It's called Never Too Late. It's a little bit of my story, but it, 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 uh, I want people to know that it has nothing to do with fighting. It's just letting people know. I, I, I turned pro at the age of 35. I'm 40 now. In the five years that I've been pro, I got the fastest knockout in combat sports history. I just fought for a world title against a, a veteran in the game for 20 years, which was an honor. It was amazing to share the ring with him. And uh, I just want to let people know that, that uh, you know, keep your head up. Just keep striving. If you stay consistent on something you love, you will be successful. And uh, it's never too late to be what you want to be, man. Just, just got to, you know, the, the hardest thing about it is just taking that first step in that direction. But anybody could do it. If I did it, anybody could do it. I love that message. Yeah, Thank very you. powerful words. Thank and you. I will say someone who just turned 30, mm -hmm. in swimming years, it's considered, quote, old. But, you know, with you saying those words again, it reassures me that, you know, my goal, I mean, it doesn't matter what age, just got to take that first step. It, you're definitely very young. And, um, <laughs> you know, you just 
you're, you're doing all you're taking all the right steps you are going to be a champion in 2024 everybody look out for Helen Yee and uh, you know it, it's just you guys you guys know very well because you've been consistent in what you're doing that's why you're here that's why you got your role in the UFC and that's why you, you're doing a lot of great things in, in both you guys career it's just um, you know there's gonna be a million haters. A lot. Of, there's gonna be a million people telling telling you you're not gonna be able to do it. Even your family members and the closest people to you are gonna tell you that that's impossible. And then they're gonna be the ones that want pictures with you as soon as you make it happen. You know what I mean? Use but it, it for your motivation. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Use it as gas and just let it propel you forward. Um, stay consistent. Don't listen to anybody else. Listen to yourself. Follow your dream and make it happen. Amen to that. Yes. And catch out more of you on the Don't Blink podcast. Absolutely. Don't Blink podcast on YouTube, <laughs> 7.30 p.m. on Tuesdays. Thank you for that. <laughs> of course, man. I appreciate the hoodie yes, that sir. you gave us when we were on your yes, podcast. Sir. Yes, sir. And Dana, you have a meet and greet, right? Yes, on Saturday. Um, Saturday the 21st, the morning before SummerSlam. But if you see me around Vegas, I always, I never say no to a picture. Why not? <laughs> Don't be surprised if you, see, you guys see me flying off the top rope. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> babe, tag me. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 74 of the Schmozone podcast. We are out. Mm-hmm.